This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the one and only Brent Hackberg. Brent Hackberg, your RBC Royal Bank of Canada mortgage specialist. Call him now at 251-7251. He is always open accordingly to his Facebook page. And there is a lot of valuable information posted daily. Yes. Uh, one of the ones that is standing out to me right now. Upcoming first-time homebuyer seminar just before the spring market. There's a link, Brent Hackberg. Click on it, find it, find his page, like it, follow him. There's so much information you can use. And call him. Get pre-approved for your mortgage right now. Move your mortgage over to the RBC with Brent Hackberg. He's going to secure you the best possible interest rate that he can and work your finances the way you like them. He knows how to crunch those numbers. He's been doing this for 10 years. Yes, he also specializes in investment property mortgages and first-time home buyers. So much valuable information he's ready to put in for you. When you see the house in a hot market, the house you've been looking at, maybe, or just the house that popped up in the location you've been wanting to be. And now it's there, right now, right there. Brand Hackberg, 251-7251. Call him now. Line everything up. You don't want to miss out on that house that just pops up now and then it's gone so quick. Brent Hackberg, RBC Royal Bank of Canada Mortgage Specialist, 251-7251. Find him on Facebook, follow him there, and call him right now, 251-7251. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Daytona's. Daytona's Kitchen and Creative Catering. That's at 965A Corporal Crescent. Daytona's. Call now. 622-2169. Place your order. They have it all. It's a family-style restaurant. And Valentine's Day. Oh, it's getting really, really close right now. But Daytona's. As far as I know, right now, you can still pre-order 6222169. You should call right now, though. Right now. It's a little bit different this year, Valentine's Day. But Daytoners is offering you the same experience as usual. Starter, choice of one. Seafood Newburg. Confit Bork Belly. Kale Caesar. Ooh, what will you pick? Choice of one for the entry. Roasted Chicken Supreme. Oh, yes. Salmon Wellington. Ooh. Or Braced Short Rib. Dessert. Chocolate-covered strawberries. It doesn't get better with anything except also in the dessert, Dulce de Lache Cheesecake. Yes, both of them. Call now, 622-2169 to place your Valentine's Day order for your Valentine's. $50 per person. Call now. Also, 
follow them on Instagram, on Facebook, and you will see that the banner on Facebook, the big background picture, is an animation of a lunchbox by Daytonas. Yes, you heard me right. Daytonas is putting on a lunchbox for your school kids, and it's, it's, it's launching so soon. Go check it out. Lunchboxes by Daytonas, Kitchen and Creative Catering. Call now to find out more or follow them on social media. 622-2169, Daytonas. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eat Local. Eat Local Pizza, 767-0000. Crazy question. Would you try a mac and cheese Pizza, would you, would you, would you, would you? While Eat Local Pizza is asking you this right now, they do that. From the pizza battle to this question, <sighs> well, what will you do? Eat Local Pizza, 767-0000. Place your order now. Order online, so easy. Now is the best time to place your order for pizza. Also, now. I personally, I had the George Market Sausage Pizza today, but I also want to talk about the Cheeseburger Pizza. This pizza supposedly has a lot of secret moves, so I heard. Now, where? Yes, mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones, beef. I like beef. There's beef on top of the pizza, and it's local beef. And it's mixed with horseradish and mustard. And then pressed super flat. And it's blasting at 500 degrees. So they're duplicating the flavor. Eat local pizza. The flavor of caramelized bite of charbroiler. Cheeseburger pizza. Ooh, add that secret onion relish base. The secret sauce drizzle. The extra old gouda. Local bacon and farm-grown pickles. Cheeseburger pizza. If you never had it, you should order now. 767-0000. It's one of those 12 pizzas that are the best of the best. Eat local pizza at 801 Red River Road. Open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. Order now and get... Make sure you pre-order your heart-shaped, extra-large Valentine's Day pizza that is available on the 12th, 13th, and 14th. Call now. Eat local, 767-0000. This is the Michael Lane Show, episode 68 tonight. Yes, we are back. It's a new week. It's ice, bitter cold outside, but we are warm in our houses doing podcast tonight. Please welcome the one and only Hillary Hookstein right here at the Michael Leder Show. Please give it up. Okay, do, you, do you dance? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we are live. We are here tonight. Hillary, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm excited. Maybe you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We're uh, gonna have fun. Yes, we are. Do, do you like the cold weather? Is this something that you are um, extraordinarily happy about every single day when it's really cold outside? 
Oh, I think this is past the threshold of what I like. I do like winter, but I don't like this cold. <laughs> yeah, when it's this cold, I want to move. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It's like the car still starts, mm, but like it takes, it took a long time today before it really warmed up. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean like even the seat warmers, they took forever. I bring, yeah. I bring hours to school in the morning and then... The car was just like a like an, an ice box. <laughs> That's the best thing about COVID. You don't have to be anywhere first thing in the morning. I guess you have to go to school, but yeah, yeah. But it's a little bit more different. You are right. Yeah, yeah. Get but, a slower start sometimes. Oof, life changed forever. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm -hmm. Did you did you realize that when it first happened? Did you think this is going to be like changing forever? Man, I don't think any of us did. I think we all kind of thought a couple weeks, a couple months tops. Um, mm. We were actually on a trip, a family road trip to BC when things kind of started to come up. It was like early March that we left. And um, yeah. towards kind of the second half of our trip, you know, one of our friends got an email from work that he wasn't supposed to travel and then kind of What little things started happening and then basically by the end as we were driving home everything was shutting down behind us and it oh, was wow. like we kind of just got back to thunder bay basically right as like restaurants were all closing and it was just crazy the timing of everything closing down mm, yeah nothing like you have ever experienced right yeah absolutely not mm. yeah me neither i showed up at work and my building was locked There was a big, and then I called my boss, and my boss said, "Go home." <laughs> oh man, that's crazy! Uh, and the one thing I still did, then I just went to the supermarket, bought some a little bit more food, and then we, I got home and I said, "Okay, what's now? What's next?" And that, yeah, that was it. It's crazy, for sure. Mm. What's what's that painting behind you? Oh, this is Vic Wyland. Mm. Yeah, my my brother-in-law got this for us. It's one of my favorites. She did um, some of our craft markets that we Kate and I hosted at the brewery, and then uh, my brother-in-law picked this up from her for us. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, lo I love the, the 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 waves and the sky. It floats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find she has a great way of capturing just the energy of Lake Superior and. Mm. Um, the beauty of, of Thunder Bay. Yeah, it's very unique, right? Mm -hmm. mm. You Would you say when now, allow me to say this, this it's, a, it's a lake, right? The painting is a lake. Yeah. And a sky, and then there's this little island. Is that correct? I can't see it really from here so far. Yeah, it looks like it has little island trees on it. I'm mm. not sure... Not sure which island that's supposed to be. Yeah, but, but I you, should look into it. But you would say, "Yeah, this is Lake Superior." Yeah, I think um, typically she paints about Lake Superior. I was um, I was at their yoga studio a couple months back, and they've got a beautiful mm. view of Lake Superior. So I I imagine that's where she draws some inspiration. Ah, uh, yes, yoga is good for the mind and the body. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't do as much of it as I'd like to, but um, I try to start the mornings just with some kind of gentle yoga. And yeah, it makes a big difference just waking up that way. Yes, especially during a pandemic. 
Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. It's like, give me some balance here, please. <laughs> exactly. Anything helps. Mm. Is that how you work through stress in a way where you have some time, you, you know, you can do what you, th you feel mm. feels good? I think so. Yeah. And just waking up in the morning, getting those like stiff muscles kind of moving. I, I seem to wake up with more and more neck pain the older I get. So yes. I guess it, yeah. it's helpful to just kind of move around and mm. yeah, rather than starting the day staring at my phone, which sometimes I do, but yeah. I try to put that off for a little bit. We all do that. You know, that phone has become such a big part of our lives. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes it's nonstop, but I don't track my screen time on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little depressing. Yeah, and I've learned. I go by one rule. I think I said it many times before. I go. I do engage as much time as I post. Because hmm. mm -hmm. otherwise, I I lose myself in the world of never ending content. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to just. Um, continue to consume content and mm. not use it as a space to be creative. But I think that balance is important to it, it kind is. of, yeah, to give and create as much as you're looking at what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it's, it's social media nowadays is a big, big part of like marketing and presenting yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. You seem to have a A game going on for your Instagram page there, right? Super beautiful oh, pictures, <laughs> really good content. You just like, and I find I find sometimes I want to be not drawn in constantly, and I don't want to become a slave to it either. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, that's a good point interesting how we can kind of get caught up and yeah just taking that time to like consciously not compare ourselves to other people and just kind of appreciate what they're bringing and um I guess one of the positives is it's so easy to um kind of curate what you're consuming and making sure that that's positive mm. whereas sometimes in real life there is We don't have that much control over mm -hmm. what we intake. Um, but on social media, if you're intentional with it, you can kind of make sure that your feed is filled with positive people and positive messages and mm. things that inspire you rather than things that bring you down. It's true, right? You can make that choice. You can follow mm -hmm. the people that inspire you Look, and not meaning to compare or look up, but it's just like a, a good vibration, bringing it together, the big picture. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. People that are on, on the platforms to, to bring positivity and, um, uplift other people, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that things have a good side and things have a bad side. Always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can have one beer and it's like, maybe it's relaxing. You have one or two. That's, that's really good. You get a slight buzz. Oh, that's a good feeling, but you can also do that too much. <laughs> exactly yep <laughs> yeah mm. are you good with finding balance then oh sometimes um 
I wish I had better balance with like screen time and because when I am out in nature, like I find so much value in it. And so I was like, oh, I should do this more. And then we just kind of default into these um, patterns of like, oh, I'll just scroll Instagram for two hours and Mm. oh, where did my day go? I wasn't even intentional with it. So I think in some ways, I guess I have good balance. Um, but in other ways I'm kind of realizing that maybe balance doesn't really exist, at least not on like a daily level, like Mm -hmm. being a parent and working from home and running a small business. And I don't think it's possible to have balance every single day. Mm. I kind of aim for like weekly balance. (laughs) Yes. Do you have a schedule like set schedule where you have dedicated time brackets of like stuff that you are going to accomplish yes and no like i'd say it's it's day by day um yeah i'll kind of sit down the night before and block out Uh. when i you know absolutely need to get done the next day and um yeah try to i'm trying more and more to schedule in like intentional time with my daughter and then also Mm -hmm you know, time to be working on Juniper stuff. And then if there's any craft stuff that we have going on. And then I also have a, a part-time contract that I've just taken on mm. um, from home. So I'm kind of, yeah, just try to block out the day. And sometimes it's like two hours of this, two hours of this, two hours of this. It just totally depends. Yeah, we do that too. Like we take, Lisa and I, you know, Lisa does her thing with her art stuff, Western Creative, and I do the podcast stuff. And then we have a one-year-old at home. We don't, we are not sending him to daycare. We're just arranging time-wise differently how it goes. Yeah. We Lisa's found... your wife? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she is so talented. Oh. Yeah. We bought some stickers from her for craft. Oh, right on. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Thank you. And, you know, the the balance of giving time, taking time, making sure everybody has enough time and attention. It's it's an interesting <laughs> challenge. <laughs> to say Absolutely, the least. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and normally we would kind of have the options. I guess daycare is still an option, but it's just more more challenging with COVID that you don't necessarily want to send them just one day a week kind of because it's mm-hmm. convenient. It's more of a decision to be considered, I think. So yeah. We ended up pulling our our daughter out of daycare in March um, because we were only able to either send her full time or not at all. Mm. And so it's like, well, we don't want her to go full time. So yeah, now it's just a balancing act every day between my husband and I and yeah. the different things going on. So yeah, I had a different. We had a different mindset with the firstborn. He's now six years, and we sent him like after a year of maternity leave. We sent him to daycare. We worked our jobs, and you know. It's just like now we we feel like we rather say take a sacrifice in um, money, I guess, and mm-hmm. be at home where we can be more with the kid. Yeah, yeah, I'm shifting that way as well, which I never thought that uh-huh. I would. Like I was so kind of pro, like getting back to your career and not losing like your personal identity and just saw a lot of value in that. And I still think that that's really important and women should have that choice, of course, but yes. Yeah. More and more, it's been interesting to see myself shift over to like, just really valuing this time at home and realizing how short it is. Mm -hmm. And that if I can 
have this opportunity with running a small business and getting to just be in control of my own schedule that um, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And hopefully it'll mean we can do some family trips and stuff when, when the time is not so crazy. (laughs) That's right. It just got extended for one more week. I heard, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Some small businesses, it looks like, are sort of able to open up, I think. But mm, yeah, I haven't read too much into it. I, it was a busy day today. Not productive, but busy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Not productive, but busy. Yes. Yeah. I used to say, it, I, I thought it's cool to say I was, I'm super busy right now. But the, the thing to say is I'm super productive right now. But, there you go. Yeah. My, 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 my mind doesn't work like that, though. I cannot produce on like I snip my fingers and then I can produce it's for me it's mm. for me it's setting I sit down I do certain things first check through theirs and then eventually I fall into it and then it's just go time mm. How, how's that of you whether I can sit down and produce yeah can you just like okay kid is down for a nap now I'm gonna go Oh, it depends what it is. I think it's like something creative. I don't think so. But if it's like I have a sewing, sewing stuff piled up, mm-hmm. I could probably sit down and just hammer it out. But if it's like I need to come up with a new idea or do something that requires kind of that creative input, that seems to only happen right when I'm trying to calm my mind down for sleep. <laughs> That's yeah. when all the ideas oh, come. Okay, at night. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Do do you find you can make up time during the evening when everybody's asleep? I like to go to bed. I wouldn't say early, but I don't find I can work at night. Uh, like yeah, it's I just feel like emotionally depleted kind of by that point. It's like mm. I just want to watch something on Netflix and mm. not contribute anything <laughs> to the world. <laughs> Yeah, what what's a good show on Netflix you're watching right now? Uh well we finished Shit's Creek just a couple of weeks ago and now I'm like I just gotta start from the beginning. That was so good, I wanna watch it again. Yes. Because you see things differently the, the next time you watch it again, right? Yeah, like I'm one of those people that just loves to watch shows over and over. Like <laughs> it's to the point where it's just ridiculous. Like I'll I'll just sit down and watch Friends for the fifteenth time and mm. just enjoy it just as much as if it was the first time. I almost like it better because I already know it's going to be good. It's not like yeah. I'm going to waste a season and realize it's kind of a crappy show. Mm. I find with certain shows you can also understand or tell a consequence from a choice so mm. so well that like oh. If he would have only known what he did then. Yeah. <laughs> or she. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Friends especially is that way, I find. Mm. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never really went into the whole Friends stuff thing. I watched some of it, but not like lots of it. Okay. Mm. But we, we, it's like we had it and it, it was like international everywhere. But at that time, when I watched it, it was in Germany, and they all spoke German. So they dubbed it over? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Actually, really good. I don't know how people do it, right? You have English movements, and they make it 
perfect almost into any kind of language. Huh. That's funny. Mm. Because I don't know if you do a lot of edits with videos, but sometimes I do some of the YouTube things and because I line up the audio and the, the Zoom feed. And then you can, oh, ac yeah. you can actually see... Uh, the, when it's just slightly off, you can see it. And it's just like, okay, no, no, no. You got to zoom in more and then make sure it lines up properly. I find editing video so painstaking. Like, <laughs> it just makes my t chest tight. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but even doing, like, those Instagram reels, mm. like, drive me insane just trying to make the timing right. I hate it. Mm. I don't know. I don't think I could ever be a videographer because it just drives you crazy. Yeah. The the reels are really good, though. You know? I find you get a lot of exposure through them. Yeah. You get crazy engagement with them right now because Instagram's trying to take out TikTok, I think. So mm. they're worth doing for that reason. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's definitely challenging me a bit just to try and create stuff with those because... It's um, it's a lot more effort than just posting a picture. It's true. It's true. And everything social media-wise, you know, if you, as your posts are very complex, and I'm learning to be better at it, <laughs> you know, it's just, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of time invested into it. For sure, yeah. I really enjoy that side of like planning things out and um, yeah, I don't know if it's kind of like just the marketing background in me, but mm. that's something that like I don't see as a chore at all. Like I really enjoy like just thinking ahead of time of how the pictures will move and kind of arrange nicely in a grid. And sometimes I'll think of captions and kind of just put them in a note in my phone to store for later and then yeah. try to make them time sensitive when I post them. But um, if there's kind of something that I want to share a couple of days from now, sometimes I'll just write it down and mm -hmm. yeah, that's, it's almost just like a creative process that I really enjoy because it's visual, but then there's also like the writing element. If you choose to kind of go that way with your captions and yeah. 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 Are you a good writer then? Um, I'm okay, yeah. yeah. I like to write. I used to write a lot of articles for magazines right when I had had more time. And yeah, yeah, it's something I enjoy. I'd like to get back to it for sure. Mm. Yeah, I have uh, the tr writing is like not my strength at all. <laughs> no, would you write if you were to write a book? Would you do it in German or in English? Now I would do it in English. Yeah, yeah. it's part of who I am as a person. I'm like, even with the kids, it seems to be that it is, you know, you can judge me all you want, everybody, please. <laughs> but I, as like, I'm, I'm a Canadian now, I speak English, I'm here, I'm part of the community. I know it's my yeah. heritage and everything, but Lisa doesn't speak it. And it's, oh, okay. And it's just like, I'm, I speak English now. Yeah. Mm. How long ago did you start thinking in English? Um, that's a good question. Oof. Let me check my notes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I count still in German. Counting is always in German. That's what my German friend says too. Mm. She's like, I still count in German. Yeah, it's just it's it's 
I don't know. Maybe that's more like ingrained into you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> maybe you just have a better counting system. <laughs> Actually, the numbers we say, and as after a certain amount of numbers going up to 100, we say the numbers the opposite way. Like you, we say 67, right? 67, yeah. but in German, I would say 76 is 67. You pronounce it the other way around. Oh, yeah. wow. Huh. Yeah, that was a little bit tricky, but I got used to it now. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Huh. You've you, you been over in Europe? Have I been there? Mm-hmm. A few times, yeah. Uh, we went as a family when I was in high school and did travel to a few countries. My parents um, had gone on a bike trip when they were first married and cycled around Europe for five months. Wow, so, nice. Yeah, so they wanted to take us back to some of their favorite places. So we just chose a few countries and went as a family. And then um, I lived there for a couple months when I was 17. Oh. I lived in um, the Lake District in England. Mm. And then um, I went back... 2019 with a couple friends to Ireland Ooh. and then my husband and I took our honeymoon to Iceland Ooh. So those are kind of little experiences yeah. yeah I'd love to spend more time in Europe mm. Iceland sounds wonderful right oh it's beautiful mm. yeah I'd love to go back really expensive but beautiful yeah probably because it's so isolated maybe yeah just kind of like those I guess all Scandinavian countries are kind of expensive like similar to norway or mm. um and the food wasn't great i will say that mm. i re they just don't have cheese <laughs> so i just wanted <laughs> like a cheese pizza and there's just no cheese no pizza on, no, no no cheese on the pizza in ireland in iceland no, no yeah it's iceland? like oh, okay. hmm. some i think there was some goat cheese but it was um Yeah, the whole time it was like I just was craving cheese. Yeah, where's my mozzarella at? <laughs> yeah, they've good seafood, but I don't really eat seafood. So then it's mm. kind of like lamb or seafood. So, mm. yeah. It's crazy how that is so regional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Food choices, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a place I would go for the food. But there's like the natural beauty there is mm. just unparalleled, like you'll see like 25 waterfalls a day just driving down the highway. And like, there is literally a rainbow every single day. Like it's, you feel like you're in this magical land where it's like, is this even real? Like mm. those pictures that you always see all over Instagram, like that's not a photographer getting lucky. Like that just is what it looks like every day. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I, I don't know the movie. It's a little bit older, but it's with Ben Stiller. And he's yeah. He drops his job, and then he goes. He moves to Iceland, doesn't he? I think, and he skateboards long, longboard down the road. Yeah, so he goes down that big, um, that big hill, and then there's like a fjord town at the bottom. And we stayed in that town that no he like long, drives his longboard into. So that was pretty cool. You were there. Yeah, wow. and it's kind of. It's kind of a dead little town and then you wake up in the morning and the ferry from Norway had come in and so it was like all this activity and suddenly it was super busy and like the night before we'd driven in in the rain and we like there wasn't even a restaurant open like we were starving and we couldn't find anywhere that was open to eat and then finally there was this pub that was like kind of closing down and it was only like 8 p.m. like it wasn't mm. that late for everything to be closed <laughs> um 
but we kind of walked into this pub and then this woman had like prepared her personal dinner and she like gave it to us because she was so nice and just gave us like her dinner. She did charge us for it and it was pretty expensive, but (laughs) we were at that point, we were just so thankful to have anything because we were like, had wandered to like three other towns and nothing had been open. And I think it might've been a weekend. Mm. Um, And then by the time we got there, this like kind woman just gave us her spaghetti and it was, yeah, that sticks out in my mind because it's just like such a kind gesture. Yeah. How was spaghetti though? Was it, the, it was good. Best, yeah. She best. owned a restaurant. Oh, so okay. she, she knew how to cook food. Yeah. She knew. It was, it was al dente. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. Yeah. And then she probably had more in the back and ate more of it. Maybe. Who knows? I guess she just made herself more food. Yeah. Mm. But it was, it was nice. Yeah. You can't, you can't even like think about that experience to be happening you can't plan that and that's just happened Mm -hmm. that's the magic of it yeah it makes you realize like i find when you're traveling just those little gestures from strangers are just so impactful Mm -hmm. um whereas they're like experiences that on a normal day at home you wouldn't even think twice about but someone just going out of their way to be kind to you or like welcome their open their home to you um it goes a long way when you're away from home mm. yeah that's beautiful did you do a lot of hiking over there we did some yeah there's um there's a geyser there there's kind of this like day trip loop that you can take with a geyser a waterfall and some other kind of natural wonder i forget what it was um Volcano. so we kind of hiked up around there and then the Volcano? No, it wasn't a volcano. What was it? We did see like where the volcano had gone off. Mm. Um, when was that? Like 2011? Yeah, that, yeah. Remember when it shut down all those airlines and stuff? Yeah, no more flying. Yeah, we went and checked out that site too. And there's like a little, you can kind of take a little tour thing and they'll show you mm. how it had built up and stuff. Um, and I was taking a natural hazards course in university, like about volcanoes while we were there. Ah. So it was kind of interesting. So I was studying it and then I got to go check it out. So, mm. yeah, that's like one of the things that's on my bucket list, like put on those silver, silver clothes, right? The heat protection suits, layers, and then go into oh, like a, during an active volcano I and mean, then go into a volcano and scoop some lava. <laughs> That would be wild. Yeah, we didn't go inside. We just saw like where all the ash was and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've never. But there was a farm that got like full on buried in ash. It was pretty wild. Mm, yeah, I heard about the ash in the air with the airplanes for the first time when that event happened. And then in school, we had the story of Pompeii. Pompeii. Okay. I might pronounce this not properly in English, but you you know Pompeii, right? The Italian town, yeah, close to the big volcano, and they didn't like they didn't think anything of the big explosion, and then they got night. It rained ash, and they just all suffocated, and they were just like perfectly um, frozen, or like they turned to stone, I guess. Oh wow! Whatever the the proper terms are, and you you know, they they found them. It's. Natural disasters like that are so bizarre. Like we used to live in BC. We were near, um, I don't know if you've heard about Frank's slide before, but it was like a 
a big landslide that happened in the Crow's Nest Pass. And so like going from like Calgary to Fernie, you'll drive through Frank slide and just see this town that was just obliterated wow. overnight just by, I think it would happened like close to a hundred years ago. Mm. Um, just like a rock slide that just buried the town. And it was like 45 minutes from our house. It, it's just so nuts how like, yeah, nature is, mm. is in control sometimes. Yeah. Because we don't, we in day to day, we don't really think about it. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then there's those moments where it comes to us. Do you do you think about that sometimes? I thought about it a lot more living in BC because we were in such an active avalanche zone. So like mm -hmm. the highway would get buried in that, like from an avalanche like once or twice a winter. And one time actually both sides of it got closed in. So our town was like, you couldn't come or go. Yes. Um, and like people that skied in the backcountry, like you would hear stories about them triggering an avalanche. So it was a lot more on my mind living in the mountains. I don't necessarily think about it all that often in Thunder Bay because we're not really mm. surrounded. Like what kind of natural disasters really going to happen in Thunder Bay, I guess. Yeah. It seems like it's a very safe place on that matter. Just like I the cold. So. It's cold. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ice storm maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I got the email this morning, like drop off only and then just like right to the front entrance for the kids. Oh, man. Yeah. It's crazy. But you you miss the mountains? I do. Yeah, they. Um, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. They there's a connection, I think, like when you spend time there. Yeah, they're part that, of you. Um, Sorry? They're part of you? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just like a nostalgia. Like there's always just that feeling, that wave that comes over you when you go back to them. And um, yeah, but we we got to fulfill that dream and, and live there for three years. And mm. yeah, we're thankful for it. But we also, there's with practicalities living in the mountains that were challenging. Like it's super expensive and we were far from family and mm. we're thankful for what we have in Thunder Bay because there's a lot of opportunities here and you don't necessarily get that in a small mountain town. So yeah, there's, there's things about Thunder Bay for sure that are unique and, and special. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, we can, we can visit the mountains. <laughs> yeah. They say the, 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 the mountains call you. They, I think they do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's on speed call and sometimes it's a bit slower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I heard stories about those um, villages in Switzerland. Sometimes they just get cut off for a couple of weeks because, you know, snowstorm or avalanche on one side and then that's it. Yeah, it's kind of scary when it happens because, um, like, the transports with the food can't come through, obviously, so... The one time it was a couple of days that both sides were closed and um, it was just like continuing to snow and they couldn't clear it. So you'd like go to the grocery store and there was just no produce mm. and like almost like at the beginning of the pandemic, actually, like yes, people were like kind of freaking out and there was only two grocery stores in the town. So if you wow. didn't really have like food in your cupboards beforehand, you would go and you're like, oh, there's not really a lot of options mm -hmm. to like it just it's quickly instills the sense of panic for sure mm -hmm. it can be you're right 
And then eventually that fl- they would fly it in though, right? They would if it was long enough. I think if it was like five or six days, Red Cross could come with like helicopters and yeah. stuff. So it's not like we actually would have starved, but mm. um, yeah, it's a weird feeling to go to the grocery store. There not really be much food mm-hmm. and because they can't bring it in. So Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a weird kind of feeling. And you know, I had that feeling too when I went shopping and then just aisles were empty and we just had it like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah, but kind of in April kind of time it was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your your upbringing then. Now you've been lots of places. And are you yeah. are you born and raised in Thunder Bay or where are you from? Um, so I was actually born in Alberta mm. and lived there till I was 17 or 18. Um, wow. And then... Yeah, I spent that time in England and then um, met a good friend of mine there and she went to university in Hamilton. Mm. So I kind of followed her, Hamilton, Ontario. Um, I spent a couple years in Hamilton and then I met my husband there. So then um, as we were, I did the first two years of my undergrad there um, and he went to school there as well. And we kind of, as our relationship was getting more serious, we sort of we're like, well, okay, where do we want to end up? Like, you know, I'm from Alberta and you're from Thunder Bay. And, you know, if we're going to be together, where do we want to live? So we um, just kind of looked at the map and my husband's like, well, I've always wanted to live in the mountains. So we packed up and we moved to um, Vancouver. Uh, and I finished my undergrad at SFU in Burnaby. Nice. What and did you, then, sorry um, to interrupt you. Sorry, I do this all the time. That's okay. <laughs> what What did you study? Uh, environmental geography. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a lot of resource management and mm. sustainability kind of stuff. Why Why did you pick that? Um, just something that I've always been passionate about, I guess. Um, like just kind of good environmental stewardship and. Yeah, I, I thought my career would take me that way. Like my first couple jobs out of university, I worked for a recycling program and I traveled around BC and then I worked for a car share program in Vancouver. Mm. So kind of more sustainability oriented jobs. And then um, I kind of shifted towards marketing and ended up just pursuing that. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, I think I still always have that like part of me that will like always care deeply for the environment. And then the knowledge that I gained through my undergrad, um, like you can't unsee those things when they kind of talk about just some of the standard practices in the world and the impact that they have environmentally. Like once you gain insights, you can't shut that off. I don't think like, Mm -hmm. Now, I have an interesting question, and I've been debating this in my mind with myself. The, the, an electric car, right? Mm-hmm. The, te- the technology is amazing, and it's, it doesn't have emissions when it's first bought and then used. But also, there's a lot of emission when you first produce it, right? Because you have to mm-hmm. mine all the minerals, 
Yes. Are you aware of like a long-term study where doing a lifetime circle like with production on both like fuel, fossil fuel car or an electric car? Specifically on electric cars, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, you're kind of speaking to like one of the things that I kind of like finished my degree feeling like a little bit, um, what's the word, kind of hopeless, I guess, because that was a lot of what we learned about was like, like solar energy or like a lot of these green initiatives, there's like a dark underbelly to them. Like mm -hmm. that they're like, is terrible mining practices in Africa to produce, like you said, like the heavy metals that are going into these solar panels or like specific, yeah, just a lot of different things like these wind turbines, how they disrupt bird migration patterns. So it seemed like, everything we studied, there was just this trend of like, we tried and it kind of worked and these are the benefits. But mm -hmm. then there was this really terrible um, kind of like consequence that was unintended. Yes, And it kind of leaves you feeling like, man, like what's the right thing to do? And yeah, you don't want to just give up because it's so important, but it's, yeah, like you say, like, often our efforts are so misdirected um in a way yes i can see that but also the efforts we do we do the best we can at the given time right exactly yeah, yeah. and i think it's also just like questioning our culture a little bit and like yeah just stepping back that it's like we're always trying to consume the most sustainable thing but maybe we just need to consume less and then we'll be better off i know it's i, I don't know if i should bring this up but i talked i talked to lisa about this the other day I, i had a moment of like just thinking out my thoughts to her where i was working out somewhere and i was usually in that i i'm in my head and i'm thinking about things and thoughts come to my head and you know when somebody passes away and they had a lifetime of um household and a house and belongings everything that they bought or and identified with and built their lives you know maybe the family pick, picks through it and then eventually it just goes somewhere else it's maybe it's some stuff goes going to be sold or some stuff goes to the junk but it's just mm -hmm. it's just like wow I, I, it's just it's mind-blowing <laughs> yeah have you seen the the minimalist documentary no 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 is it good um yeah i enjoy it he they had a new one that just came out and he talks about going through his mom's house after like after she dies similar to what you were just saying and um just kind of yeah like your whole life you're just collecting more and more stuff and he just speaks to the importance of like taking an audit of like what things in our life are actually bringing us joy and serving us and like mm. making our lives better rather than just like being stored. Yes. Um, Cause we, yeah, I'm guilty of it. Like I've moved so many times and there is Rubbermaid bins full of papers that I probably move four times without opening. And I'm like, they're like bank statements from like 2006. Like 
they're like semi-important but never a priority to go through and mm. then it's like i'm packing up and moving it's like well, i'll just throw the whole thing in the trailer and bring it like <laughs> where's that shredder at <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I, I like this YouTube channel. It's called Foresty Forest. And he's he's uh, one guy and he he lives through Patreon, through his followers giving him donations. And he okay. just, he lives out of a van and he does that full time and he summons mountains and wow. cooks in his van in a, in a crock pot and just like camping and has, he's very down to earth and very interesting that way. Huh, like a freaking... A freegan. What does that mean? It's like uh, they only live off other people's like discard, like their garbage. Ah. The like dumpster dive, and mm. um, it was. I don't know if, how much the trend really caught on, but it was kind of a when I was in university, it was kind of like a thing people were trying to do to just like bring awareness to how much waste there was from like grocery stores and. Mm that stuff people would just throw in the garbage that was perfectly good. So they would kind of live this lifestyle of like only living on like other people's garbage, basically. Yeah, it is crazy. You know, some companies, they have food waste, but they can't donate it to a food bank of because of legal issues. Yeah. Yeah. There was a movement in Vancouver um, about that. And they would, I think they called it feeding the... 5,000 and they would put on these like events with like rescued food and then cook for like the whole city and you could just show up and get like a free lunch. It was that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Well, you definitely have a strong background then in the environment. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you picked that. When did you, when did you finish your, your study? What year? I think it was 2014. Mm, okay so think 2014 or 2015 maybe yeah so that's slowly where the awareness was like not exploding yet but it's definitely brought up to attention right when was the paris agreement 2012 i think that sounds right yeah yeah so Probably just, something I know. yeah so you signed up for it very early yeah um yeah, when I started my undergrad, I thought I was going to do, like, become an English teacher. And then I took my, like, environmental science 101 and was like, oh, I like this. I think I'm just going to mm -hmm. take environmental science 201. And then eventually I transferred schools because SFU had one of the best programs mm -hmm. um, for, like, like, an arts degree for environmental stuff because I wanted more of like the conservation side rather that I didn't want to test soil my whole life. So, yeah. cause there's like the science degrees as well um, where they like do a lot of field research, but mm -hmm. I didn't really like the lab stuff as much. Like I wanted to be more in like advocacy and um, resource management kind of stuff. So living in Vancouver was really interesting to study there because like we'd go on a field trip and some like, just their urban planning is so much ahead of a lot of Canada, probably still behind Europe <laughs> mm. compared to other places in Canada. It's um, yeah, it's a pretty green city. So. Mm. Yeah. And plus you were able to study beach area, city, and then mountains. Yeah. 
yeah, exactly. It's a unique landscape there. And they were like trying to bring one of the pipelines like right through SFU while I was studying. So there was like a lot of protesting going on and um, yeah, it was just like an interesting time to be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you, you finished that study and then you, as a couple, you made a decision where to move for a little while. So then we moved to Fernie from there, which is in the southeast corner of BC, like kind of right in the Kootenai mountain range. Mm. Um, so we're big snowboarders, and that's um, some of the better snowboarding skiing in BC, I would say. It's mm. kind of a little hidden gem because it's not, hasn't exploded like Whistler or Banff, mm. but the snow is really good and the, the resort is good. Um, so you still get like a lot of Calgarians that have second homes there and they'll go there on the weekends, but it's not like, um, so crazy busy like Banff. Yeah. Like in, in the pipe doing 1080s. Uh, me? No, I don't <laughs> ride park. <laughs> <laughs> like, because they have those, they, um, that's the proper term, right? When they have, and when you snowboard, you, you can do like jumps. The half pipe? Yeah. Half pipe. There you go. Yeah, yeah, they, well, Fernie isn't really known for their park, like, they have a small park, but it's more, like, all mountain riding, okay. like, kind of, yeah, like, powder conditions and, like, steep runs, a lot of really good tree runs, um, mm. yeah, so it's more, and, like, there's, like, five bowls, so you'll kind of, like, drop into this bowl of powder and then ski out, and, nice. um, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful snow, mm. um, And it, they get like big, big powdery, light snowfalls, like that champagne powder. So you'll kind of, it's like you're surfing almost. Like, yeah. Is it like, um, is it like longboarding? I don't longboard, mm. but probably a similar motion, sort of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I'd say like it's a similar body movement, probably. Mm -hmm. Because surfing is very similar to skateboard too, right? Yeah, I'd love to learn to surf. Mm -hmm. People surf on Lake Superior. They do. But there's this there's an this Instagram account. I think it's from the Lakehead University, and they, okay. they all have the wetsuits on, and they all go in there. And I'm, I'm following it. It looks good. Yeah, it's like, wow. yeah. I want to try it. It looks cool, but I don't know if you need surfing experience first. <laughs> it's the best place to learn. I don't know. Mm, yeah, pretty cold. Again. Mm. Yeah. Did you did you learn to ski as well or just snowboard? Um, I learned to ski like first as a kid, mm -hmm. and then I all all I remember about skiing is my skis crossing and just never being that good at it. Mm -hmm. And then snowboarding wasn't really popular like until later. So I remember in grade four I switched and I got the smallest snowboard that was available at the rental shop like mm. as soon as i could switch basically i did wow and so i've been snowboarding since then so probably close to maybe close to 20 years i guess mm. 15 20 years that's amazing and then yeah i was kind of kind of a lazy snowboarder for a lot of years and then i met my husband and he's he's a lot better than i am so he helped me improve <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I remember seeing the snowboarders in 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 the in the Alps. I did a little bit of skiing when I was younger, and because it was, yeah. I, I know it sounds super stupid, but we were just living so close by, so it's just like you drive there and that's it. 
It's just like if you would live in, right. if, if you would live in Banff, and you know the the snowboarders would always sit on their bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and it was like I don't I don't think I was cool enough to do it. <laughs> That's a dream for sure to snowboard in the Alps. That mm. would be amazing. That in Japan, those are on my yeah. my snowboard list. I would love to go to Japan. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm. But not just for the big cities, but also like for the take a train and just go out there and see what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. The rural mountain towns like really interest me because they film a lot of like snowboard documentaries there and they'll like drive up in those little um four by four like vans. Mm -hmm. It's like a minivan, but like has four wheel drive and they drive up the mountains in those. Yeah. Um and then they camp out and wait for the crazy snowstorms and then mm ride the back country so yeah it's pretty cool it is it's amazing okay um what happened next so yeah we um we lived in fernie for two and a half years three years we had our daughter there beautiful um and then we Yeah, we loved it there. Like we loved everything about it. We had great jobs for a brewery and like totally living the dream. Mm. But we started to feel that like twinge of like wanting to be closer to family, especially with our daughter. So my husband is from Thunder Bay. Um, and it, But it was almost more me kind of pushing, like I think we should move to Thunder Bay. Um, and then, yeah, just starting starting to look at the housing prices compared to BC and yeah, it's crazy. just weighing the pros and cons and like, yeah, it was a, it was a hard decision for sure because we loved it so much, but then mm. she's like, man, the lifestyle that we could have in Thunder Bay, like we'll never get over that hump if we stay here kind mm. of like, and not that like, that's our number one value, but we just to be able to like own your own home with a yard and yeah. not really have to like, you can kind of work anywhere I would say in Thunder Bay and not really be stressing about finances. Like it's one of the few places in Canada you could like pretty much as long as you have a full-time job, you could probably own your own home if you were like mm -hmm. disciplined enough, which I wouldn't really say is true for many other places, at least not that I've lived. So yeah, when we started to look at that, it was kind of, yeah, we just felt the pull and then we moved here It's almost been two years. Oh wow! Since we've been here, mm. yeah. a good decision, I guess. Right? <laughs> it has been. Yeah, it has been. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Did you? Do you feel like sometimes you miss it a little bit, or is it? It's like it's home now. That I miss Fernie. Mm -hmm. Here and there, I would say. Um, on our on our trip that we took um just before before covid like a year ago in march it was we went to back to both vancouver and to fernie and we were kind of gearing up for this feeling of like it's going to be hard to go back like we're going to be really homesick mm. and interestingly i felt more homesick for vancouver than i did for fernie mm. so I, i don't know what that was all about we had some really good friends there so maybe it was just missing them or maybe we just kind of like emotionally prepared to go back to Fernie. So it wasn't as much of like, yeah, that feeling um, could have been, you know, yeah. I, I liked Vancouver. Vancouver is a, Vancouver has a nice um, feeling to it. 
It does. Yeah, it has good like good energy to the city. Yes. Um, yeah, I think in an ideal world, I would probably own a ski condo in BC and then mm. live on the lake on Lake Superior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Right. Hmm. <laughs> but what did you? What do you feel is different with Thunder Bay than the little mountain village? Like, what the feeling? What do you? What is? What is? What does it feel like? I think like as corny as it sounds like the community spirit in Thunder Bay is something I've never seen before. Mm. Um, like just how people get behind small businesses and like, we've seen it through this pandemic. Like, I don't know what other cities are experiencing, but like people are just so quick to get behind each other and like, make sure that everybody stays afloat and um, support each other. And it's, Yeah, it's on another level, I would say, than any other city I've lived in. Mm -hmm. um, like other cities, I think there's still kind of this movement of like shop local and whatever. But um, yeah, like just the level of that small businesses can get to in Thunder Bay because of how much the community will support them is is pretty um, pretty crazy to me. Do you think that is because of individual choices or why do you think this is it? Why do you think that's in Thunder Bay so strong? Is it because we are so isolated? Like Winnipeg? I think part of it maybe is like a lot of families have been here for multiple generations. Like, for example, in Fernie, like there was always seasonal workers coming in to work at the resort. So the population like rotated a lot, mm -hmm. which in part I enjoyed because you didn't get that like stagnant small town gossip and stuff. Um, but like in Thunder Bay, it's so common that like people's grandparents know each other and they still live in Thunder Bay and their parents still live in Thunder Bay and now they live here. And so I wonder, I think it's almost just those like deep generational connections that it's like, you know, we support this business because like, oh, they're mm -hmm. grandpa's friend or, um, they just like these connections run so deep um, mm -hmm. and everybody's kind of two, one to two steps away from each other. Like even having only been here for two years, like I still, you almost have that sense of like, you either know them or you know who they are um, through, through one other person. Like everybody's just a step or two away. So I get, I think it's easier to support people when you feel like you know them. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't have like a bad taste in your mouth about them, but um. yeah, it seems this the one word I get away from that is like the emotional engagement, right? The emotional attachment, the emotional us being together, the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just like a strong connectedness, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, you you said you you did some marketing too. Pardon? You said you did some marketing adventures too, or like learned something about that as well? Yeah. So I guess that kind of started um, when I was living in Vancouver. There's kind of like a job sector of being a brand ambassador. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, not really as common in Thunder Bay. It's kind of like a larger center thing, but you... Yeah are almost just like a self-employed contractor and you'll just pick up contracts 
for like the weekend and they're like typically quite high paying for like what you're doing. So I would just like work for Pepsi for the weekend and go to like the heritage classic or like, um, one of the Canucks games and just hand out free Pepsis for like three hours and get paid like $25 an hour to hand out free Pepsi mm. or like work for like Molson or work for who else did they do stuff for? Like just those big brands. They'll just hire reps to like usually just hand out free stuff. Um, and it's awesome when you're in university because you just pick up these shifts when you have like, you need money or have a lull in your schedule And then during exam time, you're not like stuck with this part-time job that is stressing you out. So it's an awesome university job. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And then um, I kind of, I guess that was kind of the first marketing experience that I had and then started working for that car sharing program and started with them as a brand ambassador and then kind of moved on. By the time I left, I was managing the locations for Western Canada. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I was able to get a lot of experience with them. And then um, since then, I've done, yeah, some like social media for different breweries and, um, yeah, different kind of marketing Mm -hmm. roles for breweries. I'm amazed how big marketing is. Marketing is huge. Yeah, it's a really interesting world. And I'd love to learn more about the science behind it. Like, wow. I think sometimes we kind of like think the science behind marketing can be like a little bit unethical. Like, mm. we don't like that marketers are like, I don't know, like using data to sell to us. Like, something about that feels unethical. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess a person has to like always be mindful of that, that they're like, respecting kind of yeah i don't know at what at what level of like is it like trickery or like taking taking data that people are consenting to whether they realize they've checked the consent box or not Mm -hmm. um and then kind of like using those patterns to sell them products that are relevant to them Mm -hmm. um yeah, part of it, I think, is just, like, interesting and helpful. And, like, personally, I'd rather see an ad for something that interests me than something that doesn't. And it might be, like, a way I discover a product that I really like. Yes. But then I think there's also, like, the side of things where the average consumer might not realize how much, like, data marketers are able to get access to and then use that in turn to mm-hmm. sell them. And I've never been someone who's, like, deep mind into this, like, data but um mm-hmm. i'm definitely conscious of um yeah how it can be used and sometimes i kind of enjoy like watching the ads that come up on my own social media based on like spending patterns or like mm-hmm. if i have a conversation with somebody and then i'll like watch the ads that i get it's kind of interesting when you mm-hmm. look at it that way yeah it's true that's true they must listen <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what I find is like, you know, I'm either way. Sometimes, you know, I, I get an ad and I click on it. Maybe on Instagram, it's an artist and they're promoting their work through Instagram, right? And yeah. brand awareness or whatever. And I click on it and I like it. And then all my ads switch to artists. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can actually like go in on Google and it'll like tell you the preferences that they think that you have based on like your clicking. Mm -hmm. So I like went and looked at what Google had like set up for me and some of them were, Oh, I wish I could remember, but it was like a bunch of like food and beer. (laughs) And then some of them were like way off, but Mm -hmm. they were like, these are what we think you're interested in. And that's why we're, these are the, interests we're going off of to show you ads <laughs> yeah and then you can go in and like turn it off but hmm. yeah i feel like people no matter what they do they have to put food on the table and you know bring up a family or take care of themselves and, and in our society it's money that brings that mm-hmm. and i feel as long as you know the product and that you you like it as a person i like it I'm okay with that, promoting that product if I like it. And I actually use it, for example, right? I actually know about what it is. Right. Yeah, and I believe into it and I utilize it. Then that's good. And I like the values of a company too. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that's interesting too. Like how much um, kind of emphasis to place on shopping from brands that like have values that you support and, Mm -hmm. and it can be a challenge to do that for like everything. Like it's one thing to do that for like, you know, your winter jacket, like, Oh, Patagonia has great company values. So I'll buy this jacket. But then it's like, how many things do I buy throughout a day without ever considering that? Mm. Yeah, no, I know. There has to be some sacrifices along the way, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, when did you when did you start your own business then? Um, so that was shortly after we moved to Thunder Bay. Okay. Um, we moved into my my in laws' basement when we moved here mm. while we shopped for a house. Um, and my mother in laws' sewing machine was like sitting by the door to go to the thrift store, and I was like, "No, I want that." <laughs> it's mine. And. And then I watched like a few YouTube videos and I taught myself how to sew. Oh, wow. And then, um, yeah. And then I started an Etsy shop and then it kind of just, just has grown. Mm-hmm. Was this like the desire you had to do something for yourself or how did, how did like, there must be some kind of deeper connection to this. Um, like growing up, my mom was always very entrepreneurial. Like she had like a apple cider spices business that she would have at the farmer's market. And yes. like, <laughs> and at Christmas, like people would just go crazy for this stuff. Like that was like my first job. I would be at the farmer's market on my little stool, handing out samples of apple cider and like it was $5 a bag. And like, as I got older, I would be like handling cash and selling it. And I could like talk about it so well. I had like the elevator pitch nailed. Um, And then, yeah. So we kind of always had that experience and like that comfort around like, you know, being at the craft sale and like how much fun it is to sell something that you've made and um, speak about it. And my sister and I just kind of grew up around that, I guess. And like, even my grandma, like, will um yeah she can just like turn nothing into something like she would they definitely grew up on like a modest income my grandparents and she would like sell peanut brittle at the craft sale or like 
she would just get so creative to like make something that she could sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's kind of ingrained in me. Like I wouldn't necessarily, I didn't really make a lot of crafts or I wasn't like super creative before all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I kind of discovered like how much I enjoyed it, um, yeah, just kind of grew, I guess. Yeah. That's like, why not? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I mean, if you can build something that is your own, why not? Yeah. And I never like thought that it would grow to this point. I don't think. Um, yeah. I remember like saying to my mother-in-law, like, oh man, if I could sell like, you know, I don't even remember what I said, like 10 bows every day then like I would make this much and she's like yeah that's a lot of like bows to be selling because <laughs> that, that was before I started making other things I was just making bows for kids yes um, but then it was like almost kind of her like hesitation like spurred me on because it was like well now I'm gonna do it <laughs> just because mm. not that she didn't believe in me she totally did and she like enabled me with like giving she gave it gave me her sewing machine and was really supportive in that way but just kind of like almost like a don't quit your day job <laughs> <laughs> yeah. definitely inspired that um yeah just that will to like see how far i could take it almost mm-hmm. is that how motivation works for you um sometimes i can i think i'm typically fairly internally motivated like i'm a i'm an enneagram three if you follow that like i really like completing tasks i'm like achieving things yeah achiever um, yeah yeah is is like something that drives me i think mm-hmm. um so yeah sometimes there's external motivation like that and more often than not it's just kind of like i just love the feeling of getting things done mm-hmm. yeah because it's a good feeling right mm-hmm. yeah is it good to be an achiever from your perspective Um, I think it comes in handy. It's nice to be someone who enjoys working. I think it would be a challenge to like resent work because it's such a part of our daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can also like swing over to the other side where when you're like doing work that you enjoy, it can be a challenge to like balance. Um, yeah. Yeah not like overemphasizing it and like, yeah. Mm. Do you feel like it still work for you though? Like some people would say if I, if I have my own business and I like what I'm doing, it's almost, it maybe it's not work anymore. Mm. I would say certain things don't feel like work. Um, whereas, Actually, like, interestingly, I would say, like, I love, like, marketing and running a business. And I I really just make things so that I, like, have some, have a product to do that with. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think most, like, artists and artisans, it's the total opposite. Like, they love to create and they love to make things and they struggle to sell them. Or, like, that's the part they have to kind of, like, push themselves through. Is like, oh, I made this thing I'm so proud of, but now I have to try to sell it. Whereas I'm almost the other side of the coin. Like I love to market things and I love to take photos and 
come up with um, collections. And then I like really, it wouldn't matter to me what I was making. I don't think as long as I was like proud of the product that mm-hmm. I had. Yeah. And it is beautiful product too. High quality stuff that you're making. So oh, it's, thank you. it's a really good combination, right then? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Because I think, like, the way you, like, you did this, um, the story today you shared about coming on the podcast, like, the way you, you do it, it's so natural. It seems like you, you, not exceed, but you, like, you have a good time in front of the camera. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I think that's just practice. I don't think that comes naturally to anyone Mm. um yeah i uh i talk to my friends a lot on the app marco polo Mm. which is like you just send video messages and i remember when i first started doing that i was like oh this is so awkward i hate it my friend was like oh you'll get used to it just like don't think about what you look like on the video just like talk to us as if we're in the same room and that has really like I think I still have a long way to go on my Instagram <laughs> stories, but definitely Marco Polo has like just because I talk to my friends on there all day. And then when I get on Instagram stories, it's like, I'm still in that mindset of like just talking to one or two friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't really feel like there's as many people watching as there probably sometimes is. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you still think about that sometimes, you know, when you feel like, um, when you create content, do you feel like sometimes you get judged? And if you do, does it matter to you? Or is it, are you on a level of performance where you do your thing and it's okay? Other, other opinions? Or does it get to you? I wish I was on that level of performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just as crippled by anxiety as everybody else. I think, um, yeah, it's something I have to push myself past for sure. Because it's like, I don't know if it's the same for men, but I think like for a lot of women, we just picture like that mean girl from grade eight that like Mm. was a bully. And like, that's the voice in our head every time we are vulnerable or like put ourselves out there a little bit. It's like, Oh, she's out there somewhere making fun of me. (laughs) It's like, Mm. yeah, I think I've just really tried to challenge myself to push past that. And like, well, she probably is. And that just says more about her than it says about me. Like mm-hmm. if there's probably, there is people that make fun of people that, you know, go on Instagram stories and share their creativity. It's true. But like that's up to them. And if they, if that's how they spend their day, then they're probably making fun of more people than just me. So I mm-hmm. can't, can't stay there. It'll just paralyze you. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. I've, I've, become i'm not perfect on that matter either but i am learning to just just let it go you know yeah yeah because it takes a lot of vulnerability what you're doing too yeah sometimes you know and i like like every single guest i have on the show i'm very thankful and i'm happy to have them on and i i Mm. you know and so if somebody says something bad about the guest i had on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got my back now <laughs> you better watch out <laughs> uh, no that's their opinion but you know and that's okay but it's like i'm learning to 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 let it go too yeah and it's it's yeah. coming easier that's good 
that's good. Yeah, yeah, it is because you know we we're putting this out here, Hillary. You talking to me, and we we're sharing stuff how we got to where we are today. And either way, you can use it as inspiration, or you do something else with it. That's your personal choice. Mm-hmm. 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 That's out of my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did you pick the name? How did I pick the name? Mm. Um, I think everything in BC is named after like a mountain or a tree. <laughs> like okay. every every business is like Sitka or like birch or pine and like every every business it, seriously like or like at least crafty like small businesses not even just that most almost everything mm. it's like named after the mountain range or a tree and so i i think that's just kind of like where my mind went was like well i gotta pick a tree so i just tried to pick one that um wasn't as popular um And yeah, came up with Juniper. And then since naming my business, I've like researched the tree a lot more. Probably should have done that beforehand, but I did it after. Mm. Um, And yeah, it has like some interesting qualities about um, like, I'm trying to put it into words. yeah kind of hmm, we're doing poor job at explaining like characters like abilities yeah the the tree has like um clarifying characteristics and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and so yeah like after doing research i was like oh i really like that like kind of like um just some of the like medicinal characteristics and stuff that it has yeah Um, And there's also like a really horrible children's story called the juniper tree that I definitely did not name my business after. (laughs) It's like really gruesome. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I also really liked the name as like, I wanted to name like one of our kids juniper, Mm. um, but my husband didn't really love it. So I was like, well, I'll just use it for my business. Yes. Well, you know, it's then always with you too. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. I like that. As much time and attention as my kids probably still. (laughs) Is that, uh, I'm familiar with a a cooking um, berry, the juniper berry. Is that the same thing? Is that from the tree or is that from a bush? Um, That's a good question. I think it's like the tree is kind of like a bush-ish tree. So it's probably the same thing. Because that's like, that's a berry you can use for certain kind of meals, like to add flavor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never cooked with it myself, but mm-hmm. yeah, the tree um, grows like kind of near where we lived in BC. Um, and so I've seen it and it seems to be kind of like bush, bush-like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you started it, you went all out, right? Well, not really. Actually, I didn't really invest in myself at the beginning very much. Like, I think I was like, I didn't, I don't know. I had a hesitation to like spend like $500 starting this business and then have it not go anywhere. So Mm. I spent $14 on supplies and that was like all I had spent when I started my Etsy shop. So I bought like 
some alligator clips and I bought some fabric, like a small amount of fabric. Mm. And then I just like came up with a couple of designs and listed them on Etsy. And then people bought them um, mostly like friends of friends at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then um, I like reinvested what I'd made and just did that a few times until um, I kind of was making like the same amount as I was making working full time each month. Um, and then it kind of surpassed that. And then, yeah, now I live off the income. So mm. that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, um, it's been neat. Like I wish I, in some ways I wish I trusted myself more at the beginning to just like invest in myself, but I had no like experience before of doing something like this. So it was like, well, I'm just going to, you know, kind of try to make something from nothing, I guess. Mm, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you still have the beautiful design and you come up with the ideas, right? Hmm. Yeah. I think, Thank you. yeah, I think it's actually like sewing and making and creating. It's, it's very complex. Hmm. Yeah. It's a process that I've in, learned a lot about, like just, just the artistic process um, in general and like learning how to create something without just like seeing something on Pinterest and then mimicking it, like to actually kind of like look to nature or look somewhere else and then try to bring things together in a way that works. Um, it, I, I feel like I've learned a lot about that and I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like the uniqueness Is that what you mean? Um, yeah, like trying to create something that's unique and like drawing inspiration from places other than just other people's products. Mm-hmm. Like trying to draw, yeah, draw inspiration from the outside. Yes. And come up with, yeah, like you said, come up with something that's unique and. Mm. What's happening? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just uh, plugging my phone in here so I don't die on you. Okay. Yeah, the screen went dark for a second. I was like, oh, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> just my little low power notice. Ah, uh, oh, that's what it was. Okay. I was like, there's just big letters of your name on the screen now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. You know, we had worse things happening on the show. <laughs> um... I like that, you know. I think nature is very inspiring. There's a lot of uniqueness in it. Uh, there's more than we can understand in nature. And no matter how far mm. we are developed, we think we are. And, um, yeah, I admire that, you know, that you you, you draw the inspiration from there. Hmm. Do you draw, like, the designs out first? Do you, like, make... You, no, no, eh? I can't draw it. I can't draw to save my life. <laughs> But how? So how do you, do you plan anything? Like, do you write things down? Yeah, well, I'll kind of like as I have ideas, I'll write them out, and then um, I'll usually kind of create like a um, like a mood board for like a collection. So I'll kind of pull together all of the colors that I want to have. So. Um, for this last one that I just had in January, 
and it sounds like a little bit whimsical, but mm. um, I was like, I want like, you know, on like a cold winter day when you feel that warm sunshine on your face, mm-hmm. it's like, that's what I want to capture. Wow. So I kind of like look to all of like, okay, those like crisp winter colors, like those blues and like purples and whites and tried to pull those in. Um, and then just kind of found like scenes, um, like, uh, just pictures on line and stuff and kind of pulled them all together and tried to kind of capture or like the, the feeling that I was going for and like, just find pictures that kind of like encapsulated that. Mm. And so I kind of start there and then I kind of like look in my, um, cupboard of fabric that I hoard and then kind of pull things out that like, um, go with my colors and the textures and like around Christmas time, I like to do lots of knits and wool and like heavier fabrics and mm. obviously more lightweight in the summer. Yeah. Um, so I kind of start with what's in my cupboard and pull things out and put them all together. And then sometimes I'll go and buy a few new things just to round it out. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just kind of see how like five or six things look together and, take away or add in Mm -hmm. just to kind of make like a full color palette. Um, And then I'll just kind of think about like, what have I launched recently and what can I do? That's a little bit different. Like I've recently just released a line that's all scrunchies. Then I'll be like, well, maybe people want something for their dog now, or maybe want people want something for their kids. Now I'll Mm -hmm. do like something different or try to, try to mix it up. So it's not just like, Hey, buy another scrunchie every month, like Mm -hmm. something different. Yeah, it's good. There's lots of use you can do for different things. Hmm. Is there ever, um, there's never enough fabric. Is that correct? (laughs) That's absolutely correct. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Yes. I think so too. You know, because it's been, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's been nice to be a hoarder because then now when the stores are closed for two months, I'm not really all that worried because I just, Mm. I could probably make things for a year with how much is stored away. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What? Where, where do you keep that all? (laughs) I, uh, we have a room upstairs that I've kind of taken on as my craft room. And then there's a closet that's just kind Mm. of awful and i'm always trying to figure out the best way to organize it but it just gets messy no matter what is it important for you to have a dedicated space like an office i think so mostly because i'm messy so it would like if i used to work downstairs in front of the tv and then i'll just leave my craft stuff everywhere and then our whole house just gets taken over with like sewing pins and scrunchies and fabric so I try, I try my best to contain it and only bring down, like, if I'm going to sew in front of the TV, I'll bring like one basket of things and try to bring it back up. Um, so yeah. And then just like, as far as trying to separate work from home as well, like working from home, I think it's nice to have like a physical space that I, I go up and I work and then I leave and I'm not, um, not always working. 
Yeah, but are you available? Like, is there a rule? Hey, Hillary is in. You are in your artist room right now, and you're in your creation. Is, is, nobody's gonna knock on that door right now. Oh, I wish the room doesn't even have a door. <laughs> At, my toddler just marches right in and yeah. wants to sit on my lap while I sew. And yeah, it would be nice to have that much of a barrier, but mm. I don't think that's possible with kids. That's beautiful, though, right? You never get that time back with the little ones. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's it's nice for her too, like to have memories of being with her mom. So yes, I yes, I think that's so neat. That's like the opportunity of a lifetime you you as a parent you you give to the your kids. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's challenging sometimes to like have kids around and try to be try to be productive, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's Just, why I asked you earlier if you do it at nighttime. Yeah. I used to more so like when I would work during the day, I would come home and from eight to 10, I would sew every night. But now that I don't have to burn the candle at both ends, I typically don't. Mm -hmm. I'll just do it during the day. And then I have um, a helper that comes as well, like every Wednesday night. So that that's good. because more than anything, she just helps me focus. Like, because it's like, okay, she's here for four hours. So I got to be working like, you know, not on my phone intentional for these four hours. And that's when we get the most done. And then throughout the week, I'll kind of plan what I'm going to work on with her mm. um, Wednesday night and just kind of catch up on finishing orders and that kind of thing. But that's when we get the bulk of things done is when I'm together with her. That's awesome. That's good. Mm -hmm. Do you like, I ask those questions, all my guests, do you, do you meditate at all? I'm just starting to learn a lot more about it and really see like the value in meditation. I was actually just on, um, do you know the app clubhouse? No, this new app. No, it's good. Yeah. It's like a new app that's come out. Um, it's kind of like, it's a social media app. So it's, it's almost like a podcast, but it's like a dialogue. Like it's like multiple people in a room, like talking. Mm -hmm. um, and so they'll just talk about different podcasts. And I was just listening to a, a meditation, like just before we started talking um, this evening. And yeah, I, I think it's a really powerful tool to clear the mind. And I want to learn more about it and get better at it. Mm -hmm. Is it helpful for you to perform in the way where... To have like that could mean a lot of things let me let me phrase this better now if you if you meditate do you meditate about like um long term goals visions where you see yourself or how you react as a parent or like something like that or mm. what do you do you don't have to like even answer this because maybe it's too personal but sometimes i also just ask how how do you do it do you sit do you stand or yeah, I like all those topics. I'm going to try those. Um, <laughs> mostly I'm just kind of trying to work on like breathing and like tap into like how powerful that can be. And um, there's, yeah, the more I learn about breath work is really interesting and like how much it can affect our overall health. Mm -hmm. So typically like just, um, you know, at nighttime, like I'll just lay down and try and, um, you know, count my breath and, um kind of come into a calmer state and just focus on just that one thing, like just 
breath in and breath out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of where I'm starting. I'd say I'm kind of a meditation novice at this point. So Mm. that's a good place to start. I think it's just with the breath. Yes. Yes. It's amazing how deep you can actually breathe and for how long in and out. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like when I do it, it's like half the day I don't even breathe properly probably because like my lungs are way bigger than I actually use them for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you don't even – you're not even conscious that you're like holding your breath when you're stressed or mm. um, different things like that. It's Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Do you remember your dreams? Sometimes. Mm. Sometimes. Um, yeah. Not um, not all the time. I'm a sleep talker. I like grind my teeth and I talk in my sleep. Okay. So <laughs> something's going on. Yeah, that's that's okay. The um, do you feel like dreams tell a message sometimes, or is it like, or do you think it's just nothing? Um, I think sometimes I can see pretty clear patterns of my brain, like processing information that it's mm. taken in throughout like the last couple of weeks. Like I'll see like bits and pieces of, um, of information just kind of like get jumbled up and present itself in like a funny way yes. in a dream. So I don't know if my dreams are all that um, meaningful or like prophetic or anything, but they, I could, it's interesting to like observe how my mind's trying to like sift through all this information that I've taken in throughout the day. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it is. I had one uh, last night and you know, it actually <laughs> woke me up <laughs> or at least it made me feel uneasy because I, I was just like, this was a weird experience. So I had, I was somewhere and I heard that buzzing close to my ear and I didn't see the wasp, but then the wasp actually landed on my ear and it went inside my ear. And then it, oh. it was gone and I couldn't, like, I was just like, I suddenly I couldn't hear anymore as good. <laughs> oh, that's an awful feeling. Yeah, and I was just like, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't see it anymore. I didn't hear anything, but I knew it was in my ear. And I was like, <laughs> thinking to myself, I didn't know wasps do this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds like a terrible dream. <laughs> yes. And then I actually, I was happy that I woke up because then I was like, yeah, no, this didn't happen. It was just a dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. But I was, I was rolling over to the other side where it, I had the dream on and I was laying on it. And I was like, oh, don't lay on this side because then the wasp can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, things we do. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you set yourself long-term goals? Do you plan things out? Because now you said you when you started your business, you you just you just you just did it. Did you you didn't have a business plan or anything? Yeah, I definitely didn't at the beginning. I really um I love to set goals now, like not just for business, but also like finance goals or like house project goals or all these different things. So, um, yeah, I definitely set goals. I don't typically assign timelines to them, like Mm -hmm. more just kind of these are milestones I'd like to reach and it doesn't really matter how long it takes. Um, 
but yeah, I wouldn't say I have like a full on business plan necessarily, but I have like milestones that I'd like to reach and yeah. Mm -hmm. How far do you go in the, the future? Ah, but you just said, you know, timeline, but maybe you do a little bit. Well, like specific things, like we want to have our house paid off. Like I'd love to have it paid off by the time I'm 40 and mm. different. Um, that's probably one of our longer term goals. Yeah. Um, but I, unless I can see like steps that I can take now, I, I wouldn't say I would set a goal more than like five years out unless it has clear benchmarks, I guess. Mm -hmm. why, do you, um, why, so do you, like, why would that be? Sorry. I just like things to feel attainable. Like I like things that I can actually work towards. So when I like, I like to rewrite my goals each morning. Um, and I'll try to think of three, three things that I can do each day. Like, okay, what can I do today to work towards my 10 goals that I've laid out mm -hmm. for the next five years so that every day I'm kind of just setting that intention and trying to, um, Yeah, use the time in the day at least to work towards a couple of things that I have planned out. Mm, that's very specific, though, then, in a way. Yeah, I've been getting more more specific with it, I guess, over the last probably year or so. Just trying to, trying to be intentional each day. Mm. Um, I think especially with, like, the pandemic and being home all the time, it's really easy to just feel like groundhog day and like one day just blends into the next. And if we don't like take the time to like set goals for each day, it's, it's like, you can just wake up in your sweatpants and go to bed in your sweatpants. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Is the routine important for you? Um, yeah, I'd say it is actually, um, Especially in the morning, like starting the morning with um, like a, some yoga and um, yeah, like set, planning out the day and thinking about some gratitudes and um, yeah, like I wouldn't say I have a routine for the full day, but for the first hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's like you have taken care of your body and your mind and then you're set. Yeah, it's almost, I find if I start the day well, the whole day goes well. Mm, wow. Are you able to, if the, the morning doesn't go so well or something happened, to let go of that easy or is it not so easy? Um, I think generally it's harder when you're at home all day. Like when I would go to work, it was kind of like a reset almost. Like mm. if I roll out of bed and grab a coffee and just, barely make it in time for work then it's like you get there and you just kind of start your work day whereas when you're at working from home I find it's more important um because otherwise it's like if you just sleep in and don't really um have any intention at any point in the day then it's just like suddenly you look at your watch and it's like dinner time so yeah where does the time go right mm-hmm mm. Do you feel, do you think about time sometimes? Yeah, just today I <laughs> realized probably like more than a third through my whole life <laughs> had a moment of like, mm. man, this is crazy. Yes. Like I'm between half and a third probably. And yeah, I'm like, 
just makes you realize you gotta, I don't know, have an impact where you can, I guess. Yeah. I always wondered about this when, you know, in history, it's always like they it's portrayed that, you know, certain people, they wanted to achieve to be remembered for us forever. You know, some, some people have that achieved, but it, however, if it's, maybe that's not an achievement. But like for me, it's almost like, mm, I think for me, it's almost more important the day to you make the day the best possible day it is and then just try the next day to do that again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think often we like um, assign a lot of value to like those big impacts, but like, you know, just how are you impacting like the people that you see every day in your family and, you know, who are you to your friends? And I think that's almost just as important as like, I don't need to necessarily be someone in history that's like in the history books, but um, just imagine. Yeah. Like just to, <laughs> all the stories they would write about you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think just like, just to be like kind and be somebody that like, gives people other people opportunities where I can and like shares shares what I have and uplifts other people and I think that's just as important as yeah I would almost go as it's more important you know yeah the things you do that you know that they don't need to be recognized as long as you feel good mm-hmm. yeah you feel good about what you did yeah and you know you you I think it's a life is a give and a take. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, I think there needs to be a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now also you, you do, you're not only available on Etsy, right? You had, you do collaborations with others, right? Yeah. I have my own website now. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I still have my Etsy shop open, um, but I, I mainly just restock like my, my own website. And mm-hmm. then I have um, stuff available at a few stores as well. Mm-hmm. Throughout Thunder Bay. Yeah. How does that feel? Good. Yeah. I, I think the first time I like walked into a store and saw my stuff there, it was pretty cool feeling. And um yeah, now I'm I'm really like thankful and proud of some of the people that I've partnered with. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, it feels good to have your products in places that you're like really proud of and like people that you looked up to to work with them um is a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you have ever thought something like that? Like, hey, something I crafted and I made and designed everything together is now available somewhere and people can buy it. I don't think so. Yeah. Like I always thought I wasn't really all that artistic or creative. So Mm. it's definitely like been a, an interesting thing. 
um, yeah, it's just been cool and fun to like see how fast it's grown and like just to have people like receive things and like to create something and put your energy into something and then have people like like it and want to buy it and welcome it like sometimes that still just catches me off guard and I'll still like psych myself out before every collection that I drop like oh no one's gonna buy it like Mm. yeah it's just um I find I'll like get in my own head and and then it's that feeling of like releasing something and having certain products sell out or like having people just receive it really well. Um, it's still like every time. Um, yeah. Just surprises me, makes me happy. Like I, it's not something I've like gotten over or gotten used to. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that how you are as a person? Like you, you grew up that way where, you know, um, maybe you were a little bit more humble or sometimes self-confidence is also a matter. Um, probably. Yeah. I think it's like, like I was certainly raised to like believe in myself, but, um, yeah, I think like humility would have, definitely been like something that was placed as a high priority for sure. And like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, um, I'm confident in other areas, but like to be confident in yourself kind of as a creator is like almost something different. Um, and to, yeah, just have that, that assurance that you can make something and people will want to buy it is, um, yeah. Mm. What it's do you kind mean? of a different level than just regular confidence, I think. Ah, so it's more powerful or harder to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Like to believe in yourself to that level, I think is a little bit more challenging than mm. just being like, you know, I can look in the mirror and feel good. It's, um, Yeah, just like to consistently believe in yourself and pour your energy and trust yourself that that others will appreciate it and want it, and it, and that if they don't, that that's okay too, and that you'll just that you don't only create for others, like that you create things just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this sounds like uh, a good advice for anybody who is thinking about starting something up, right? Hmm. Yeah, to just start creating. Mm-hmm. And, like, it doesn't matter that at the beginning maybe it's not super big and, you know, sometimes people have expectation that, oh, I put it in the shop so it's going to be sold tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's okay. That's, we all have that feeling. But it's just sometimes things take actually time and we don't see that. Yeah. And those, like, that time can teach us a lot too. And, like, I think I, like, learn just as much from things that have sold really well to things that like people didn't really like, like you can learn from both sides of like what Mm. your audience likes and um, what you enjoy creating. And yeah. Okay. So what are you, what are you going to do next? You do you have like something lined up that you, do you want to talk about it or is all classified and top secret? That's that's okay too. That's okay. <laughs> um, are you? Are yeah, you, I think. Sorry to interrupt again. 
you see the question is so complex <laughs> are you also participating maybe in the in the spring revival or craft revival in the spring it's they're doing it again right yeah it's virtual again i'm planning to yeah um yeah so i'm just looking forward to like expanding more into more products and kind of like more of the home and apparel side like not um not being quite so niche and just allowing myself to like make new products. And so, yeah, I have a few ideas I think for, mm-hmm. for the spring that'll be um, like stepping a little bit more outside of like hair stuff. And um, I did like the Firoshiki wraps over Christmas. Um, so just like leaning into some more of like those areas Um and just creating, yeah, things kind of under the umbrella of like home and apparel rather than hair accessories and just allowing myself like that creative freedom that I don't have to stay so specifically in one corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, now that I've kind of like, I had to kind of almost think of a way that it made sense in my head before I could branch out into other areas. Cause I almost felt like I was just getting too scattered. And then it was almost, I ha- kind of took a step back and it was like, no, okay, mm-hmm. this all fits under this broader umbrella. I just have to give myself that room. Um, and then now I'm feeling a little more inspired to create new things. Oh, I like that. It's funny how that works, you know, progress and ideas coming together and then from one day to another from one second to another you just suddenly it's like oh okay i can do it this way Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so just continuing to like try new things is something i'm excited for Mm. okay cool you one last question i wanted to ask now are you do you journal like do you write down things and ideas ideas yeah um i'm kind i'm a list maker so i've always got like a million lists on the go of like yeah spring ideas and i'll think of like something that's associated with like an upcoming holiday and write it in a notebook and um yeah i have a notebook on the go now that's like (laughs) it's turned into kind of a nightmare because it's like job notes from my um contract for the brewing association and then like Mm. ideas and then like gratitude lists from in each morning like it is just anything and everything and then i need to like go back and find some work notes and i have to sort through like all my ideas and it's like why didn't i use separate notebooks (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's okay you know you the gratitude notes those are good eh? I find it's really um, been great for my perspective on like just on the day on life to even if it's like I wake up with a migraine to force myself to think of five things that I'm grateful for. Like, and I don't try to think of big things um, like, you know, just like this cup of coffee and I'll send it to a couple friends each morning. Um, We kind of just exchange it to keep Mm. ourselves on track. Um, Yeah. To force yourself to, think of things that you're grateful for is, is really good. Um, Mm -hmm. Really, really impacts your perspective and makes you look for those little moments throughout the day of joy and um, like, Oh yeah, I am. 
I am grateful that it's snowing because now I can go play in the snow and yes. um, makes you see things a little differently, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Do you think that the you as a person to empower yourself, to be proud of what you do and, you know, to allow yourself to feel that this is actually really good and I'm happy about this. That's a good feeling. Hmm. Or do you feel like you should stay more humble or are you, are you proud of achievements? That's a good question. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a great thing to be proud of achievements. I think like you can be um, sure of yourself while being humble. And I guess that's like the ideal balance is not like becoming boastful or, you know, vain, but, um, but still like believing in yourself and being proud of what you've done. And like, I think doing work that you're proud of is really important. Um, and like being proud of what you contribute to the world, however big or small, um, doesn't necessarily have to be in contrast to humility. Mm. That's a good answer. I like that. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Well, it's getting later. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm good. I think I got things covered from my side that I wanted to talk to you about. And, uh, did I miss anything? Of course I I did. Of course I did. But you know, Huh. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat with you. Yeah, it's really interesting to see your perspective and how, you know, everything went together for you f- from so many different places. <laughs> and it's just like you're here now and it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's... uh it's great to see how everything's kind of come together mm-hmm. and come. Yeah. It's not where I thought I would end up at least like in a physical sense, like living in Thunder Bay, but it's, yeah, it's a lot of different pieces have come together and it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Hillary, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you. And I wish you a wonderful night and All the very, very best. Okay, I shut this off here.